Bloop, 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 bloop. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to Space Buckets. Yo, 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 what's poppin', everybody? It's your main man, K-Dog. Or as I like to call myself, the real OG. How's everyone doing? And Lashni, you look as radiant as ever. Tell our listeners how you're doing. I'm doing pretty good. Um, I had my wisdom tooth pulled out yesterday. It was a very weird experience because they literally like tug at your tooth with like kilonewtons and kilonewtons of force. And I was able to eat ice cream for a whole day, which was great. But other than that, yeah, flying by, cruising. That's freaking great, toothless. So what we're going to talk about today is a little bit more on the like the philosophical side, I think. But I think it's something that needs to be discussed. It's something that we don't discuss enough. And I'm sure it's um, controversial to say the least. But when haven't we been controversial, right? So let's get in and break the bucket. Just before we do, episode 10 as well. Double digits. How great is that? Oh, shit. Double digits, man. When I was younger, I was I was so excited to turn 10 because it was like, yeah, now I have two numbers tagged on to the end of myself and being... And so here we are. Moment of celebration, I guess. Two numbers tagged on to your phone number. So what, 13 now? No, I mean what? I can't count. What are numbers? Never mind. Coming up on today's podcast, Genghis Khan and everything that is attachment. Grab your snackaroonies, earthlings. It's time for Titbits. Genghis Khan, so just to make it clear to everybody, when we talk about topics and tidbits, we don't know what we're going to talk about or very rarely do we have any idea. So it's most of the time, whatever the other one's going to say is a surprise. So take it away, Toothless. Tell us about Genghis Khan. Are you going to keep calling me that because I have other teeth in my mouth? Yeah, I know. (laughs) But it's a term of endearment. Let's stick with Toothless. Right. Okay, so apparently 16 million males in this whole world are descendants of Genghis Khan, which is 0.5% of the entire male population. How crazy is that to think? Oh yeah, I did see that report. I mean, Genghis Khan couldn't keep in his pants and um, I've read reports like he's gone around, hey, like a lot of Asia, quite a bit of parts of Russia, was it? I actually don't know. What did his, his empire start from, what, Mongolia and ranged all the way to... I have no idea where it went to, actually. I don't have specifics of the geographical locations, but he was the leader of the largest empire. And so he spread his little swimmers all over the place. And now, we don't know, like, one of the males out there could be a descendant of Genghis. I don't know. I don't know if a lot of people will like to accept it, you know? Because a lot of people are in denial. About Genghis Khan? Denial about everything, actually. Um, denial, fear, it, it's, it's what's controlling a lot of uh, mass populace. Right, like we discussed on the last episode. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, in other news, there was an oil tanker heading to Kuwait and it's on fire. One of its engines has um, just burst and it's off the coast of Sri Lanka. And it's carrying 237 thousand metric tons of crude oil like that's a lot of lot of oil 
as we saw over the coast of Mauritius um, with that oil spill. Bro, I mean, haven't people learned their lesson already? Why aren't we already done with things such as oil and um, fossil fuels? And why aren't we moving on to renewable energy already? I did see that. There's a massive disregard for the environment. And this year alone, we've seen a lot of oil spills, like even the one from the Russian power plant, was it? In, I think, April or May, that the oil spill that spilled out into the Arctic Sea, which they still haven't been able to get under control. So it's really disheartening to see that there's such a disregard for the environment. Have they managed it? Are they managing it okay? Um, so far, the the fire is in the engine room um, because that's what caused it. So authorities say that nothing's going to happen to the actual storage of crude oil. And uh, fingers crossed, hopefully nothing happens. Honestly, I don't think the world could take another one. I mean, we've got hit so many times, 2020. Here's hoping to the fact that it doesn't happen. But yeah, moving on. What's your next little tidbit of information? Mine's a little bit of a science fact about the Northern Lights. Do you know how the Northern Lights are formed? Ionized charges, particles in the air? I don't know. Something like that. So essentially, the Earth's magnetic field breaks up a solar storm. And when this happens, gases are released into the atmosphere, which form the various colors that we see in the sky. I thought that was cool. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Or did you see that thing where like bees and butterflies actually see plants and flowers in the UV spectrum, which means to them, it's a trip, bro. Every day is a trip. Because like going to work or going to pollinate these flowers, is like, oh, I'm going to Disneyland or like Wonderland. Going to work. <laughs> They're all tripping. God damn. But if that's their normal, then if that's their normal, then it's probably just normal for them. Hey. Yeah. goddamn bees, bro. For you, it's a trip. Everything's a trip. I guess coming on to like what I initially said in like the first first couple of minutes in terms of the fact that people are in denial. I think it's linked to a overabundance of things and over like an easy access to almost everything, anything you want at your fingertips at whatever time you want, regardless of where you are globally. Like it, it's affected, I think, the whole ecosystem of, of humanity. And that leads into our main topic, which is discussing the significance or rather importance of materialism and our attachment to the materialistic world right attachment and materialism let's get into it i think this thought first crossed my mind when a couple of months ago one of my favorite watches just suddenly went missing i had put it somewhere and i didn't know where it was and i couldn't find it for like weeks and i was quite upset just because I feel naked if I don't have a watch in my hand. And I've also had it for years, right? It's like the watch I can wear in the shower, in the pool, like anywhere. I love it so much. And it got me thinking, I'm so attached to this watch. But why? Like, why do I care about it so much? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I can't answer the question for you. But I think um, it's because of the memories or the importance you place on it and like... The place it holds in your, I don't know about heart, but wherever materialistic things exist in our, in ourselves. My watch definitely holds a big place in my heart. Sad to say, but it's the truth. Like I just, I can't do without it. I don't think there's like anything like happy or sad 
with regard to materialism. Um, it's it's just the way humans are built. Throughout history, it's 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 the fact that we have human survival has been about accumulation. But after a certain point, it becomes greed, I guess, because then that accumulation is more than you really need, right? And after that point, it just becomes hoarding. I agree with that point, but I also think it stems from when we're children. When we're young, we have to form a bond and like an attachment with our parents or our caretakers, our guardians. That naturally happens because they're the ones that look after us and we rely on that person to give us what we need. And so from that very young age, we're attached. But obviously this attachment, I think, evolves and changes with time into attachment to other people, but also to things like material things. It's, it starts from the time we're born, right? Our attachment to like our mother. Mm-hmm. And then it evolves into attachment to family, then the little circle, it becomes bigger because as you become as you mature or right now in our generations as we mature we're given so many things to just put our grubby little fingers on and the more we're given the more we continue to want because it releases this little dopamine hit and i've been having a few conversations about this and then how that dopamine hit has slowly been reduced importance of it has slowly been reduced and now we chase that dopamine hit in things such as likes on instagram followers how many people react to our content Um, and that kind of framework kind of runs society now. Even with like just picking up your phone I read gives you a dopamine hit like even if you just open Instagram for no reason at all um, we get that dopamine hit and that like pleasure from it and so we are attached and we rely on these things to provide us with that pleasure. Mm, That's interesting yeah I can understand why because like it's that constant need to be connected, to feel connected. And you chase it in the things that give that connection in small bursts. And that's what these apps do. And then you switch from app to app to app. And it continues that little little top-up, that little top-up. And you and when, when that is taken away, you believe that without it, you can't do anything. Um, so to, to de-attach is extremely difficult in the current system. Um, I was reading this story, apparently this guy called James Marshall in 1848 was near a river in Sacramento and he found like a glowing piece of metal. When he found it and he realized it was gold, when he went into town to show this off, people just shut down shops, um, closed their companies and just flocked to that same area, to that part of the river in what was called a gold fever. Right. And then all over the coast of California, like businesses were closed, ships, ships just flocked to that area and entire towns in the vicinity became deserted. And they all came to this one place. And that's how San San Francisco was born. So in in the space of a year, over 300,000 settlers came to California just because of that concept of chasing this thing that they believed was important and that's i think a lot of western ideals like you see a lot of europe like for example america used to be populated by the native americans so within the state of california which had a population of 150,000 native americans the population fell um, in 1845 to 30,000 by 1870 because of all these settlers that came in 
chasing some ideal that they believed was important and they they killed the native settlers of that land just to get their hands on it and it was completely normal at that time to this day this savage um, type of materialism yeah, has has founded what is what was known as one of the greatest nations of the world but in reality it's it was brutality and it, this chase for something that was just a, just a piece of metal was this the first time that metal was discovered in the USA i don't think it was the first time i think um so from or just in that area yeah from what the research shows a piece as big had not been discovered before in that area and that's why everyone flocked to that area and if you think of how big san francisco is now it is massive it houses a million like millions of people it's almost as a, as though the material holds an illusionary promise for something better it's like you have this this object this thing that'll show you that you have a life that is better than most whilst ignoring the fact that tenets such as happiness and love and peacefulness are also important and also like necessary for humans to survive and thrive what do you think yes it's necessary so like going back to that example at that time it was a time of great poverty so it's understandable why they thought that rush would because gold was linked to money and money is obviously linked to certain other benefits such as food and during that time of poverty i can see why but right now in the industrial world we live in we do, that people don't have that excuse you have everything so now it it's that appetite for wealth and material goods isn't um, focused um, due to hardship but because people are discontent they believe that the more material things you get is is our method of buying happiness i guess i'm a bit like confused in the sense that okay let's say for the people really living in poverty this material will hold some value to them right so obviously for them to live a a, a good life they need to achieve that materialistic goal so then the question would be to what extent do we attach ourselves to the material and would this be based on i guess financial status or even social status no i don't i don't think it's even that man like it's it's just as long as your basic needs are fulfilled what more do you really truly need we've evolved that concept of financial gain of of stability of power or or acceptance in the community to become one where you are wealthy in terms of money not wealth in terms of happiness yeah i understand that it comes down to i think um needs and wants right and if we attach ourselves to our wants then we lead ourselves astray a little bit and kind of forget about the other basic principles that are also necessary yes i mean positive psychologists have found out that like happiness in its in its essence comes from other things not nothing related to actual wealth um, it comes from things such as meaningful relationships challenging jobs hobbies uh, and a sense of connection to something bigger than ourselves 
such as a religion, politics, or a social cause, like some sort of mission. And that's that's kind of what is um, put out, into, even in terms of content, like movies in, in the past 50, 60 years, you get this character that's on a certain mission. Do you know what I'm saying? So it, it's the same in life. For a person to be happy, research so, shows that it is that connection to the things around us that creates that that sense of happiness, not wealth. That's actually a really good analogy that you made um, with regard to the missions that characters in movies are often on. But we as humans living everyday lives sometimes forget that. I've always heard, oh, not always heard, but a question that circulates a lot is, do you need money to be happy? And can you be happy without money? So in that regard, I think to achieve a certain level of happiness, for example, to have your basic needs met, you do need to have money. But then when we overly attach ourselves to this money, it kind of leads to our downfall. But not, again, we can't generalize and say that's for everyone either. Right. So like in term, in cases of extreme poverty, then, then you need those basic uh, needs fulfilled. In which case, yes, monetary, ha- monetary compensation has value to it, actual value to it, because it'll ensure that these basic needs are met. But for example, when I first moved to Melbourne, I think the first first year, first two years, it was more. I was exposed to like this kind of lifestyle that was the and and kind of culture that I wasn't used to. So I think the, the, those first two years, it was all like, oh damn, like there's a new phone coming out, or what's the what are the newest kick? I I can get another pair of kicks next week, or what am I? I'm gonna save up for this um, Bluetooth speaker, or this thing and that thing, and uh, it was it was. I think I was. Even though I was doing a part-time job, it was a, apart from paying off my school fees and managing my rent, it was also like, oh, what what else can I save for? What is this thing? What is this new thing I can get my hands on? But after that, um, in the in the past, especially in the past four weeks or five weeks, I've seen immense growth in the fact that I don't hold those things necessary or I don't deem them important anymore. Um, as long as I have something that's working, um, I'm up to date and I can stay connected to a certain extent. I don't place that sort of value on the materialistic um, concept. Instead, like I said before, I am chasing a kind of mission, a mission to benefit humanity in the long term, benefit um, the people around me and help out those who are in need. I feel like a lot of us are lost in, in chasing ideals that are not attainable because look you have your first million i think okay first couple of million what more do you need after that firstly that's amazing to hear maybe amazing is not the right word but it's really nice to hear your perspective and how you were attached to things and now feel somewhat of a detachment and mission for a bigger purpose but when we question what more do people need is this like this is based on perspective right And also people feel that their needs are different to others' needs. So someone might want their goal would be like 5 million in the bank and and counting. So then who are we to judge like what their needs are? So I guess it's more of like a 
introspective. It's kind of just looking into ourselves and figuring out what our needs and wants are. Like as a kid, I was very heavy on the materialistic as well. I wanted like juicy couture tracksuits and wanted like the best car and like like you said the newest phone wanted like game boys xboxes and stuff and now looking back I'm like what was that all for like it was like temporary happiness but at the end of the day I'm not taking any of that with me and it's also not leading to my development and growth like for some people gaming is their life like they enjoy that cool that works for them like good on you but for me that wasn't my um that didn't bring me true happiness and now I realize that and so now as well I try to reevaluate everything I have and sort of put it into two categories of like needs and wants and again like like you said what is my purpose it has been um, a definite learning curve I think it, it uh, some people go their entire existence without coming to this type of conclusion to to realizing this kind of thing we can only appreciate the fine good things in life and hope that the people around us or the people that listen to us maybe um kind of our words kind of help them and they can make use of it to for their in in their daily lives i think it's it's this kind of that chase of minuscule happiness um that we try to compensate for the fact that on the inside people are actually unhappy that's a bit of a um harsh statement to say though isn't it is this like would you say that's a trend you've noticed that people are unhappy on the inside because the thing is this it gives you a temporary thrill correct and the it inflates your ego to um kind of own i don't know the best thing this thing and and you 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 flaunt it you know you tell your circle or you tell your followers on social media look like this is what i got this is where i am but on the inside if if you can take care of your immediate um circle and i think that's a lot of what a lot of people want to do regardless of you make bank for yourself then you make bank for the ones around you and if you can make bank for your family and your friends to relieve them of that burden and if you can accomplish that i mean bro that that's it so then what about all these millionaires that made no, sorry i mean billionaires that made billions and profited off covid okay bro they have so much money they can't even spend it in their lifetime i read somewhere that um bezos has enough millions to spend a million every day for the next 500 and something years years that is insane isn't it like he's not going to live that long at all and what's going to happen to the money and also i think that's where like scarcity is sort of derived from in the sense that some people have a lot and others don't have anything because there just isn't enough to go around so when we hoard like okay let's say that we buy a massive plot of land we build mansion sized houses human like as a human doing that Technically you don't need that much space to live. That's more of a want. And so using up that much of land means that there's less for someone who is living in let's say super cramped um flats that are almost breaking down etc etc. And this is a controversial point but it also is the truth like 
some people have everything and then some people have nothing. And that I think is also derived from attachment to the material. There's just less to go around. 100%. I mean, uh, I think that that is, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's called dichotomization of wealth, where if the overall wealth within the globe shifts to one um, class of people or one uh, specific group of people, everyone else is left to fend for the scraps of whatever is left after this group of people is done with it. Bro, that is just pure greed, um, pure selfishness. I, I, I don't... It's crazy to me how other humans can look at life in this way and be that selfish. Unfortunately, it could be due to things they have faced in their childhood because insecurities in childhood are usually what carries on into adulthood. Even though people think they grow, they don't really grow until they take care or speak to that inner child. And if that inner child has gone through um, trauma, a sense of insecurity, not having these things fulfilled in childhood, then they try to get that, they try to compensate it with these materialistic objects and things later on in life. Right. Trauma stays with us until it has been truly healed. And it's not to say that we're perfect people either, but I do believe that we try to reevaluate as much as possible and really question, for example, like where our individual true happiness comes from and what we really need as a human. 100%, 100%. Like, uh, I, think, I think I was operating um, before from a place of fear and having to deal with that was, was a true wake-up call because I think I had like a couple, maybe six months to almost a year in which I was just in, in not, not a good place. And then I realized why I was in that place. And then I started working towards getting out of it. I wouldn't say I'm out of it now, but I, I am, I've definitely come a, come a long way. It's crazy you say that because I too realized that I was moving from a place of fear. And I'm sure there's a few people who are listening right now who, upon analysis, might realize that they're doing the same thing. Like fear in all sense of the word like fear of opinions of other people fear of our behaviors fear to just simply be ourselves and because of that we feel like we need all these other extra materialistic things to compensate and to show the world that we are something that we actually are not you know to put on a face that is widely accepted by society and moving from that place is moving from fear and prevents us and holds us back from being who we truly are and moving from a place of love which is a much better place to operate from yeah 100 percent. i think on that note just like trying to satisfy that one desire just creates more desires and it's going to keep multiplying i i guess it's it's the concept that a lot of people haven't embraced like you are born alone you will die alone that such is the um, normalized concept of life. Unfortunately, a lot of people aren't okay with that. And as such, they try to manifest into being these hopes that the materialistic concepts will keep them living in this physical world forever. But that's where this type of, um, where our subject goes from attachment and materialism to things such as spirituality, it could lead to another topic such as psychology. Um, in reality, 
we are trying to the the way to alleviate this is but like you said by healing it you have a very good point and i think those are topics that we should dive into in in the future spirituality as well and religion and how this all kind of ties in but for this week that's all we have and we will be in your ears next week it's been fun man honestly do hit us up and you know where to find us our instagram is at space underscore buckets give us a like and a follow and let us know in the comments what do you guys think and with that we're gonna log off bye bleep bleep bloop bloop Don't get your wisdom teeth pulled out, cause it hurts.